a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh-huh. And in the book, he talks about uh, a technician becoming a business owner. Mm-hmm. And he says in order to be a business owner, you need to know you need to be a manager, an owner, and a technician. Right. So you got to wear, and, and in those, each one of those three levels, is other hats you got to wear. Mm-hmm. So you need an organizational chart, and you and when you start and it's just you, you got to put your name into every one of you those. Own everything. Absolutely. That's, that's what we talk. Welcome to another episode on the Hype One Podcast. I am your host, A Wit. This platform is to motivate, inspire, and educate through everyday life experiences and successful business owners. Today's guest is Mr. Dimitri Whitehead. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you coming through the Hype One Podcast. Um, let's tell us about your background, and um, you are a business loan specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We call it in the industry. We like to call it business finance consultant. Okay. So that we can help everybody help businesses with all aspects of their finances. Right? Okay. We be like a outside CFO, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Pretty much, man, I've been a serial entrepreneur. If I go all the way back to high school and selling airheads. Okay. <laughs> I remember being in high school and uh, that's what Sam's, you could only go if you was a bit, part of a business. Business, yeah. So my mom was working her business. I mean, working for somebody and she could go, she would get me 10, 12 boxes of airheads. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I got a book bag old full of airheads. So I'm selling to everybody airheads and they sell it to people. <laughs> So I go all the way back to there and I'm talking club ownership, you know, this serial entrepreneur at the end of the day. Um, I think, and, and I remember in 2005, I was uh, doing real estate and this is how I got to uh, commercial loan broker slash business finance consultant was my college roommate, uh, he's an attorney. And we were sharing the office at the time. Uh-huh. And we decided we wanted to help entrepreneurs, so we started helping people write business plans, set up entity structuring, mm-hmm. guide them in the right direction. And we kept running into the same issue. We could help them do those things. They right. pay us for those things. And then all of a sudden, they didn't have any money the to money. move forward. Right. <laughs> so at that time, in 2008, I went and got... Uh, certified to become a commercial loan broker and when we did that mm-hmm. i was doing well in real estate so i continued to do that and fast forward 2020 came and we started to rip uh we're going through the pandemic and i'm look i start looking at it again and i actually started looking at it prior to the pandemic guys um and i was like people need this right people right. still need funding for their business. People still need a consultant to come in and uh, help guide them, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that for business preparation, you know. Today, business plans aren't as relevant as an executive summary. Really? Right? Because of technology, business moves so fast. Yeah. So you could write up a 10-year plan mm-hmm. 
that you have to change shift in three years and you got to be able to shift. Right. So if I write up an executive summary, mm -hmm. which pretty much describes the business, where I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to do, then I can make that shift faster, right? Right. And with the advent of AI, it's so quick now. It's like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I can change <laughs> up in, in the blink of an eye. So uh, for me, Going in and helping a business figure out where they're going and how they're going to get from where they are to where they want to be is simple. Yeah. Right. We we try to make it hard. And again, with an extensive business plan, and, uh, financial projections and all that stuff, all this rhetoric until it comes into place. So I need to be, businesses need to be versatile today. Right. So are there different types of commercial loans? Um. Absolutely. You know, you can get a loan for equipment. Mm -hmm. You can get a loan for invoices that you got that's getting paid in 90 days, but you need the money today. Okay. You can get a um, cash advance. You can get business loans, mm -hmm. uh, startup loans. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, 10, 15 different types of loans that you can get. So, what factors determine what type of loan a business should get? Um. How long you been in business? Uh huh. What's your revenue? Mm -hmm. What's your personal credit? Um, whether it's seasonal. Um, what's your projections? Things of that nature. So you say personal loans. So these loans are when you get a commercial loan because I've seen where you some loans you don't have to have a personal guarantor. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're, they're loans where you don't have to have, a, and most of those loans are based on people that's either got business credit mm -hmm. or they've got time in business. So if I've been in business, most of it, they're going to look at over two years. Anything under two years, they're going to want a personal guarantor. Yes. Over two, if you've been in business over two years and you're doing fifteen to $20,000 a month, then, then they don't look at your personal stuff. Okay. But anything under that, then it's going to be based on. And it can be still be revenue-based uh, under two years, but now you're going to be looking at fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month. Mm. So business credit. I know when I first started my business, I didn't know anything about business credit. That mm. came probably a year later before I learned anything. How important is that Very. for businesses? You should, I mean... After two years, again, you should be in a position where your business speaks for itself. That's the purpose of having a business, right? It's a right. separate entity. It's a standalone entity. So, for example, if if I if I have business credit and I have nothing personally, no personal guarantor mm -hmm. towards a loan, then say, for instance, the business goes bad. Now, guess what? I don't have to... I can just file bankruptcy on the business. On the business, and your and personal has, still good exactly. has nothing to do with yeah. it. So, so that, that's how important it is. So what are some of the biggest challenges that businesses face when trying to secure commercial loans? Mm -hmm. Not enough revenue, mm -hmm. uh, not enough time in business, and not enough um, credit's not good enough. So what do you feel... All right, if if I own a business and I start my business and I don't I I've only been in business for a year. Now I need a loan because I'm I'm not making enough money, I guess. I mean, 
why can't you get a loan beforehand so that you're secured? <laughs> and understanding the capital, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's undercapitalization is the number one cause of business for them. Right. So, if I think it's gonna cost me ten thousand dollars to mm -hmm. start my business, mm -hmm. then I need to ten x that and say it's gonna cost me a hundred thousand. Right. I remember hearing one of my mentors. He said that uh, a guy called him was like, "Hey, I need, I need twenty thousand dollars by Friday." And he said, he asked him, what are you doing now? He said, oh, I'm not watching the game, man. The game's pretty good today. Mm -hmm. he, he said, the Lord said we need to raise. He said, no, the Lord said that for people that work money to fly. <laughs> if you still need $20,000, you didn't work enough. Right. You need to go get this money. So at the end of the day, man, like, uh, that's the biggest issue is just undercapitalization. We, we don't really, as we discussed before we started, we don't really have a, 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 Pulse. We don't have our finger on the pulse of exactly what we need to move forward. So we, you know, if I can just get this, then I'll be okay. Where in our actuality, you need if if you need this, you need if, if I need twenty thousand, probably need to be going for a hundred thousand. Yeah. So get as much as I can put to work now. So in other words, if I'm not gonna go get a hundred thousand dollar line of credit if I don't need it. Right. So, because I'm going to start paying interest on money that I'm not using. That you're not using, right. But if I, I'm going to go get $100,000 and I'm going to have a plan to put that money to work today, that's going to make me more money in my business. And it's not going to leave me susceptible to shortages. Or in a year from now, mm -hmm. I didn't ran out of money. Right. Because I didn't plan for shit to go wrong. The, the coronavirus. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's inevitable. It, everything just ain't gonna go right. So you know that and you plan accordingly. So if I'm, if someone wants to start a business, mm -hmm. I don't have any money. Like for me, I funded my own business. Mm -hmm. But I don't have any money, but I want to start a business. I don't have any business credit because of course I don't have a business. Would you recommend that they you, if they have good personal credit, would you recommend that they get a loan with their personal credit to start their business? And then if the business is successful, pay that back and then you would get into the, getting a business loan? My question to everybody is, is what's the purpose of be, having good personal credit? Right. What's the purpose? Yeah. Like the purpose of, is to leverage it. Right. Like whether it be to leverage it, get a, get your own personal house to buy a car or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea that, that you feel strongly about, then you leverage your personal credit to get your business started. And so what if it, what if it doesn't work out? And then you still got to pay the loan back. And you just rebuild your credit, right? Yeah. I mean, life's just, like when we get up in the morning, we're taking a chance, right? That's true. When you get in your car and drive, you're taking a chance. That's true. So, you know, you got to, it's a risk tolerance thing, right? You know, if, if if I'm confident in taking the risk, then I just got to do it because that's the only way I'm going to be successful is to take a take chance. A chance. Well, and I think that's why a lot of people don't start businesses Absolutely. because they don't want to take that chance. Absolutely. They don't they don't have that confidence. But I feel like if you have passion for something, you you will start. You will do it. And my thing. Absolutely right. You want to turn your passion into 
uh, profitability. You want to see how I can get money to chase mm -hmm. my passion, right? Right. Figure out a way to turn my passion into profits. But it's, you know, it, it, ain't, it ain't, we all know it's not that easy, right? Right. It's a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh-huh. And in the book, he talks about uh, a technician becoming a business owner. Mm -hmm. And he says, in order to be a business owner, you need to know, you need to be a manager, an owner, and a technician. Right. So you got to wear, and, and in those, each one of those three levels, is other hats you got to wear. Mm -hmm. So you need an organizational chart. And you and when you start and it's just you, you gotta put your name in every one of you those. You own everything. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's what we talked about <laughs> yesterday. You you own everything. Absolutely. You own the highs, you own the lows, you, you own everything. Absolutely. So. And it, it, it's a lot more time that you have to put into it. And I think that's where people kind of fear and back off too. Yeah. yeah. But but you think about it, Belancho. Like if I sit here and go to these people's job every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I give them um, 40 hours a week of my time. Mm -hmm. If I turned around and gave that same 40 hours a week to my own personal business, yeah. just think of where I could go. Because a lot of it is, is just getting some more information, right? You right. know, like I need it. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the ball on marketing. Mm -hmm. I need to learn how to be a marketer. Yes. What are the successful marketers doing, right? Yes. I'm dropping the ball on finance and I need to, I need to get some more information on how to budget and make sure that all the money going in the proper mm -hmm. places and paying myself and you know whatever area of the business that I got to get more knowledge in is going out there and seeking that information and just YouTube can tell you anything, anything like, yeah. I want to you know I need to change the track the trash line of my trash can yeah, right somebody did be in the video it's on YouTube yeah so you know it, it we don't live in a time where you know 30 40 years ago you didn't have that Right. And so now I got to go read a book and get the information. And today I can not, I don't have to do that. I can right. just, got this computer in my hand. Yeah. And instead of listening to me, rappers talk about their life. Go like, learn something. Yeah. You know. But but people fear what they don't know. Absolutely. So the lack of knowledge is, is the reason why a lot of people are not where they should be. Absolutely. And and going back to working 40 hours on somebody's job, see, I'm a numbers person. Mm -hmm. Everything has to make sense to me. You gotcha. know, so if you get a paycheck every week, you break that paycheck down into, okay, you work five days, 40 hours, you break that down, you may only be making $100 a day. Yeah, you know, you know so if I wanted to start my own t-shirt business, I could go sell four shirts a day for twenty five dollars and make a hundred dollars a day. Absolutely. For I can four people at the same place at the same time in less than twenty five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So times that by eight hours a day that you're working, you you can make more in a day that you're working making in a week or a month on a job. But people don't look at it that way. Because we work, we we haven't been programmed that way. Right. We've We're been programmed. programmed I'm guaranteed to get a check every week. Absolutely. <laughs> Regardless of how small it is, we look at inflation, man. I was riding down when I was coming, well, riding up the road when I was coming to Athens today. I'm looking, gas three dollars and forty three cents, mm -hmm. right? And 
now rents in Athens are what? Fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Twelve hundred for one bedroom. Exactly. So when you looking at that, and if I work forty hours, I make twenty dollars an hour. That's eight hundred dollars a week before taxes. Right. So I might bring home six fifty, mm-hmm. right? Six seventy. Right. I gotta work two weeks to pay my rent at twelve hundred dollars. Right. I had eight. I didn't put that three dollar and forty cent three, uh, yes. forty three cent gas in my right. car. I didn't pay the car no insurance, lights, water. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would much rather. Uh, you hear about so many entrepreneurs that started in their basement, started in their garage, slept in their car for a time. Look what we at. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so we have to do it. You know, whatever it takes. Yeah. To get to that next level, and and we have to want it, mm-hmm. right? You know, we have to want to and that, be successful. That comes to that breakdown. Where do I start? I have to do a little bit here. Yeah. I have to do move. That's what, when when I first started this podcast. That's what I did. Yeah. I'm you know one microphone. Yeah, yeah. I work my way up to two microphones. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and work my way up to something else. Yeah. But that's how you have to build everything. I think people want it to come overnight. Absolutely. You know, they want it to come so fast. Absolutely. Okay, so how do you stay up to date on changes in the lending industry and new loan products that become available? The, through the lenders, my lender network. Okay. They they kind of they always constantly uh, reaching out to the brokers and letting us know what products they have, what what to push, what this what to sell to people on. So okay. they keep us up to date. They keep us up with new laws that's coming that's going to affect us in the industry. Right. So, yeah, through the Lender Network. Okay, so and just to go back for clarity, you are a broker, so you're mm-hmm. kind of the middleman. So Absolutely. you'll work with the clients and, you know, tell them, get everything that they need, and then you, they get referred to the lender. For me, I, I take, I want to make sure that my, lend, my clients, the business owner, mm-hmm. gets everything that they need as far as, we want to see where they are, assess where they are. Right. And we want to make sure that they're getting the best possible funding. So the advantage of coming to me is now you got somebody that has a hundred lenders mm-hmm. in his network, right? My network is vast. Right. And instead of you going to, if you were direct with a lender, you got you got to take whatever this person is offering you. Yes. Whereas when I when you come to me, I'm gonna have my the system that I use gonna give me ten, twelve. Offers based on the criteria. The criteria that they, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And so when you put your information in the system, when I put your information in the system, I got all these offers. Now I can decide whether I want to use one of these or if I have another lender Mm -hmm. that I know of that can give you better rates. Right. They can give you a longer time. So uh, that's the advantage of having a broker versus you got somebody that's looking at where you're at and assessing it and then making sure we're getting you the right uh in the right product mm-hmm. to move you forward and we can put you into multiple products right whereas if you you know if i want to buy a truck and i go to this person then you know i can just buy this truck whereas if you come to me and you got a truck i can get you the truck i can get you some working capital i can get you some uh lines of credit so i can get you in one place versus having to go to 
So, so multiple things, because that's what I was going to ask too. So if I, if I own multiple businesses and I want to secure a loan just mm-hmm. to cover a little, like you said, a little bit here, a line of credit here, or vehicle financing, yeah. you can do all of that. Do all of that. Absolutely. Okay. So would it be different uh, lenders? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, be different lenders. And, and the criteria, everything will be the same. Let's say if I get approved for 500000 that 500000 could be split up between the lenders or is it different for each lender? Like this lender may approve me for 50000 this lender. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So each one will approve you for, so let's say for example, because we do real estate as well. Okay. Uh, we, we, we broke a, real, a commercial real estate. You can't do it if it's your personal home, but uh, if you buy the property that you're going to rent out, and you already have four properties that you own, right? Right. Then we could do a blanket loan for those four properties mm. to get you the money over here that you need as a down payment to go with this for this property that you buy. So is that basically taking the equity out of those four properties? Yeah, and... that's what it is. Okay. And it might take equity out of each, a little bit out of each one of them, right? So yeah. I don't have enough in one of them to take equity out of. Right. right? If I got the four of them, then I can take equity out of them. Okay. So, um, speaking of real estate commercial loan, do you do, um, you know how people like to flip houses? Oh, yeah. Y'all do those type of loans where yeah. you can, what do they call it? In, improvement? Is it is it a name for it? No, it's, it's, it's flip. Well, we call it in the industry uh, fix and flip. Fix and flip? Yeah. Okay. So, you just go buy a house that needs repairs. You can get from seventy to ninety percent of the purchase price mm-hmm. based on your um, your um, portfolio. Right. So based on how many deals you've done in the past, uh, you get a hundred percent of the fix-up cost. Mm-hmm. And then once you fix it up, then you just refinance out of it, or you sell it. So if you want, if you decide, okay, yeah, I want to keep this property is a good deal. I can get a good rental. Right. Income off of it, right? So now I'm gonna turn around and refinance into a 30 year rental loan, mm. and we can do those as well. Because at the end of the day, with real estate, like you only sell a property if you need money, right? Yeah. Because that that's how you build generational wealth. Yeah. You know, if I got 10 properties that's paying me that I'm profiting a thousand dollars a month off of. And I'm getting ten thousand dollars a month. Right. So why would I sell that for one time when exactly. you can generate that <laughs> over the years? And, yeah. and I'm sitting there now, and it's passive income. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's tax lower. You know, I get the benefits of appreciation, depreciation, and taxes. So and taking that into <clears throat> consideration. That is funny that you say that because I, I, I'm an assets versus liabilities person. Absolutely. And people, some people will say that a house is not an asset. It, it is. This this is one of those places where we we'll disagree, right? And I, I use a simple definition. Okay. Assets put money in your pocket. Liabilities no, take, take money, money out. out right. So every month, whether you got a mortgage or not, mm-hmm. you got to pay taxes and right. insurance on the house. Right. Take money out of your pocket. Right. It, I feel like it can go either way. Okay. But I think it's more of an asset than a liability. In any case, absolutely. Like, because if I got equity in my house and I need to go get a loan, then it's an asset, right? Right. But 
using a simple definition of assets put money in your pocket, liabilities take money out of your pocket. Okay, so, so let me let me debate with you for okay. a minute. And okay. I, I could I be wrong. So all right. So because I actually own some property. I yeah. own some property for twenty plus years, yeah. right? So it was rental property. Mm-hmm. So even though we had to pay the taxes on the property, the the rental money paid for that. So it didn't take money out of my pocket. But that's what I try to explain to people because that's the first thing people will say. Well, you never really own the home because you got you still got to pay homeowners insurance and you still got to pay taxes even though you pay for the house. That is true. But if it's not your main home, it's rental property. And and over the years, it you know what I'm saying, it appreciates like now the market value is up. The last three years it's been up. So it's worth two times. Than what I purchased it. So for me, that's an asset because if I sell it, that's that's money in my pocket. If it's a rental property, it's asset. Right. If it's your personal home, it's a liability. The liability. There we go. Yeah. So so there's there's some some clarity in it, and and that's where I think people get confused. Oh, there. And and, and yeah. I mean, ninety percent of the people gonna disagree with what I just said, right? Right. And, and respectfully <laughs> so, right? We all have our opinion. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm here to tell you, assets put money in your pocket. Yeah, liabilities take money out. Yeah, yeah. it's the same with the credit card. Yeah. You could, you know, it could be an asset or a liability. It, and that's why credit cards can be good, dead or bad. Dude. Bad, and that's why I was telling you earlier. If I'm using it to pay my mortgage and I'm getting something off well, of absolutely. it, then it's an asset. Absolutely. But if I'm just but, using but that's it because you figured out how to do that, right? Right, right. You learn that some way. You doing that. Whereas most people, man, they, you know, they use the credit cards to go buy the goods. The shoes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that's a liability yeah, because absolutely. if you pay, if it costs $100, you're really paying more than $100. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you, not, unless, unless you, you pay, pay it, it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which is, you know, what they teach you in building credit, you pay that thing off immediately. Yeah. And, and the thing about that is, that's another thing. Credit cards is one of the biggest factors on your credit report. So. Mm-hmm. People don't understand you can use that to build your credit as well. Absolutely. So it can it can be a good thing Absolutely. if you know how to use it. Yeah. So I think we kind of talked, the next question was um, kind of talk us through the process of starting um, to the end. But I think you kind of already talked through that as a broker. Um, one other question I was going to go back to with real estate. So if I want to um, go purchase a house and fix it up, what's the criteria? What do I have to have? Even and I heard you say that it's based off your previous sales or you know what you've done in the past, but I've never. So if you're it's my a, very first time, if you're a newbie, then you you can look at having to put thirty percent down. Okay. Right? Uh, they still gonna pay one hundred percent of the closing costs, uh, and depending on the lender, some lenders are purely asset based. Mm-hmm. However, some lenders um, are going to look at your credit. And it doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? So you may have a 600 credit score. They just, it's basically to put the file together. Right. Um, so they will look at your credit. They may not base any of it off of your credit because you fixing it and flipping it, mm-hmm. right? So in that situation, you don't really have to worry about your credit as much. But you will need to have thirty percent down because you're first time. It's your first time. There's no hundred percent lenders out there. You gonna have a lot of people tell you that, right? But it's no hundred percent. Okay. The lender wants to see you have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. 
They don't want to. They don't want you coming to the table thinking you're gonna get a hundred percent. That ain't this. We're not in that market right now. Okay. Uh, so you like I said, thirty percent down, and they're gonna they're gonna want to see um, that. So if I gotta do fix up, they want to see how to fix what fix up you have to do. They want to know exactly what type of material you're using and everything. Yeah. So it's a knowledge thing, right? You're gonna have to have the right. Uh, Contractors, they come through and 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 give you a scope of work, because they're gonna want you to turn that scope of work in, and that's how they're gonna base their draws. Okay, so you'll need that all up front. So let's say I'm just trying to understand this because I'm thinking about getting into Absolutely. it. And so if there's a house at forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and it's got about twenty thousand dollars worth of work, mm-hmm. that's what they base it off and and say, okay, we're gonna give you sixty thousand or. Do they no. look at the so, value? How how do what do they look at to determine the amount of money that they're gonna give me? Let's look at a hundred thousand, right? Okay. So you got a house that you're buying for a hundred thousand dollars. They're gonna want you to pay thirty thousand dollars down, mm-hmm. and all the fix up costs is paid for. So it's a hundred thousand dollars. Need forty thousand dollars worth of work. They're gonna give you the forty thousand dollars. Okay. And they'll give you. So you have to have you have to pay thirty thousand, and some of them even ask you to have a certain dollar amount in the bank, mm. right? Like you, they they're not gonna touch it, but they want to see that you're liquid, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're not just coming to get some money. You ain't liquid, like mm-hmm. you may take the money and do anything with it. Yeah. So that's that's where the experience comes in. That that's why they ask for the thirty percent down as a newbie. So that they can show you can show that you're serious about doing yeah, what you're trying to do. Yeah, because if I give you my thirty thousand dollars, I'm going to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know that that's and and some people look like thirty thousand dollars. Man, you can go get. I mean, some don't want you to borrow the money. Right. They look for it to be in your bank for a certain amount of time. Some you can just go borrow it. Hey, you got thirty thousand. I give you $32,000 in 90 days. Mm-hmm. Or you just make, instead of your money just sitting in the bank paying you 0.03%, mm-hmm. you can send it over here and make 2000 or you, I give you $3,000 in 90 days, you know, $1,000 right. a month for your money. And it's just going to be sitting, you have access to the account, you'll see the money, make sure ain't nothing, you know, boom. I'm going to pay the, well, I'll tell you back, because I'm going to use this money to pay the pay, uh, down payment on this house I'm buying. And it can be secured with a second on against this house. Mm-hmm. That way, if something happens, you can get your money back. You know, I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna use this house as collateral for your thirty thousand dollars. That's what I was gonna ask you, Nick. Does it make sense to do something like that? Oh, absolutely. Like that's so. If I got money, just think about it. If I'm, my money just sitting in the bank, mm-hmm. I ain't making no money off of zero point three percent. And the bank using your money, you got thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. They just loaned out three hundred thousand because it's called fractional banking. Yeah. So they can take your money and go lend it out uh-huh. at ten times the amount that you got in there and make ten percent off of it. Same, same as um, investment, like life insurance and exactly. car insurance. Exactly. They they invest that money that's and it. make more money. Absolutely. So and that's that's what we were talking about earlier. You use other people's money to make money. And people like and, that, and that's one of the things I wanted to emphasize, man. People understand you if you have an opportunity to use your money or get a loan, 
I'm not promoting it because I make money off the loan, right? Right. I'm promoting it because it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes right? a lot of sense. You know, like, <laughs> if I can use other people's money and get rich off of, right, then the, the returns are infinite. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I use my money and I'm only making eight, I mean, making 8% is good on your money, right? Right. But I can put it over here somewhere a little more passive, a little more less aggressive, then I ain't got to worry about losing it. Right. And put it over here and don't worry about it. And if I get 4% off of it, but if I'm over here taking chances at buying real estate, speculating mm -hmm. that I'm going to be able to fix it up at the cost that I initially said, right? Because we all know, like, if I say it's going to cost me 30000 with the supply chain issue and the cost of everything going up, yeah. inflation, you just don't know how much it's going to cost you to fix the house up. Never, you tear floors up, you know, plumbing Exactly, there you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't know what's behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, if I if I got an opportunity to do that, I'm going to use the other people, use the bank's money to make money. You use it when you get a mortgage. Yeah. Right? Right. But you don't think twice about it because we've been programmed to think that, Go, that's, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. That's what I'm yeah. going to have. It's going to be my yeah. house. You know. I got a brother that I listen to. He preaches commercial real estate, multifamily real estate. And that's his thing. Like He said, instead of paying rent, go buy a fourplex. Yeah. Live in one of the units. Yep. Let the rest of them pay. Now, your personal property is a what? It's an asset. Exactly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's putting money in your pocket. It's putting money in your pocket. Yeah. You know, so it, it's... It's, it's, it's not rocket science. You know, it's first just getting a little information. Yeah. And, and you know, again, I I get on my um, my uh, YouTube channel and social media and I discuss anything from the advantages of a sole proprietorship to the advantages of a corporation to how to get a loan, what the lender is going to be looking for mm -hmm. when, when I package a loan and send it to them. Uh, and that's that's the key, right? You want to make sure the broker that you got knows how to package a loan and send it to the lender. Right. You like I'm not gonna send a lender um, part of what he needs to get started, right? Right. They're gonna tell me what they need. You gonna have to give me everything before I okay, like right. I I got a deal I'm working on now. Guy wants to get some real estate. And he went to speculating on the numbers. No, man, you need to get actual contractors out there for the work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to, like, first of all, I don't want to look like a rookie to the lender. Right. Right. When I go to the lender, I need them to see exactly we got everything that we need. And you want to make sure that you got yourself covered. Because then you don't want something to come up and you ain't got enough money for it. Right. And so that type of stuff will, will make sure that they get the best terms and the best rates. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to businesses that are considering taking out a commercial loan for the very first time? I think we kind of covered this, but just kind of reiterate. Um, make sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's. Make sure that, you know, um, you know exactly how much you want, mm -hmm. how much you need. Right. right? Um, make sure you know exactly what you're going to use the money for because right? they're going to want to know that. Like I, I, First thing I tell a business that comes to me and they're looking for money is, get, where's your executive summary? Yeah. You don't have your executive summary. 
then that's the first thing you need to create your executive summary. And just kind of kind of explain what that is, just in case people, because I, I know a lot of people still stuck on business plan. Absolutely. <laughs> so an executive summary basically tells you, tells the lender how where my business is now, what's my background in doing this business, mm-hmm. what I'm going to use the money for, and the end, what's the end result of the money. Right. Um, so it's telling how, how where I'm at now and where I want to be and in between how I'm going to get from where I am to where I want to be. Is there a certain term? Like would you do a five-year or a ten-year? I wouldn't do either one of them. I'm, this, this, this is what I'm doing the money for. This is what I need the money like right for. right now. Exactly. This is where I'm trying to go. Okay. Because as we discussed before we went live, like 30 years ago, business plan was relevant. I hadn't had a lender in three years asking me for a business plan. Wow. They all asked for an executive summary. Executive summary. Okay. And, then, and they don't call it that. They just want to know, write up something to tell them what you're going to use the money for. Mm-hmm. But if you know about a business plan, then you understand that's what the executive summary does in the business plan. Okay. But the flexibility of being able to be mobile. That's why when you know when you're talking to your CPA and you got a name for your business, right? You don't want to pigeonhole your business mm-hmm. by giving it a name like, for example, Whitehead Real Estate. Right. So guess what? That's a real estate business. Mm-hmm. And and I remember wanted to be versatile. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be Whitehead Enterprises. I learned that later on too yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And I remember going to a bank to get a um, account. Mm-hmm. And the industry that I'm in, they don't give the account to. And so when I name my business and it's generalized, I mean, it's and if I name my business specific, then now they can say, that's what you do. If it's generalized, then... You can just go for something. Yeah. And and I learned that because we did with transport first. Mm And then we, after I learned all that, I started a second business, uh-huh. and it, it is holdings. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> now I can do real yeah, estate. I can do, like, yeah, I, I can have it, the what's the like? It's a parent company, basically. Yeah, because I, I figured, you know, we was doing a trucking business, but I want to do everything else, and I don't want to start four or five different businesses. Yeah, yeah, so let me yeah. get this one and have an umbrella. You know Absolutely, what I mean? And just yeah. do different things. So. And but the, even with that, right? Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm a big advocate of trust yes me too <laughs> i tell everybody like you should have your personal home and a trust mm-hmm. your bank accounts yes first of all it helps you avoid probate mm-hmm. and probate taxes yep and i get to dictate where i want my stuff to, to go, go to mm-hmm. and they have business trust yes and when i learned that right and the protection that it gives you versus having an llc um, it was like eye opening. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I I knew like I'm a big Lakers fan, so mm-hmm. I looked at, and the Lakers are owned by the Bus Family Trust. Yeah, it's owned by a Trust. Mm-hmm. And and our lack of knowledge um, hurts because if you think about it, right? And I put everything in the Trust. I told my partner, man, my partner, his dad. Said we need to go get a wheel. Yeah. He wasn't sick at the time. We if he was sick, he didn't tell it. Yeah. But he was like, I just want to make because it was his stepdad, right? Yeah. And his mom had passed, and 
He said, we need to go get a wheel. And I told him at the time, I said, bro, you need to get a trust, man. Mm -hmm. And he said, man, it's just going to be so hard to explain to him. And it bothered me because he went to some attorneys. And the attorneys didn't advocate for him putting his property in the trust. Wow. And the reason, like, it took him two years before he had full ownership of his property. Because it was in a, he had to go through probate. Yeah. And during, it was during COVID, so now the, um, the, the, um, courthouses wasn't open. Mm -hmm. So he, do everything virtual. Yeah, yeah. Way, yeah. And so it took so long, whereas I died a day. I got it specified for all of my six children to have this, this, mm -hmm. this, and this. And it just transitions it's easy. Yeah. And you got a, a trustee that is over everything. And it, it, if you have any properties, that trustee gets all the information. So it's just, I mean, just learning about trust. Again, social media, I mean, YouTube, yeah, Google, trust. And the, the financial um, advisor that I did um, interview with yesterday, what we talked about was financial planning. Uh -huh. And I asked him what was one of the biggest misconceptions of, of financial planning. And people, he said people think that they have to have money. But that's, it involves that type of stuff. When yeah. you die, who do you leave your stuff to? Yeah. Which when I, I bought my land back in... 2000, I think 1999, 2000. Um, the the guy that I bought it from was a real estate, a okay. realtor, and it was Westport Realty. Okay. And when he died, it went to a trust. And so I had to pay it through that trust, trust. until it got paid off. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So he yeah. had he had all his ducks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and we and we think that um, we're gonna live forever, right? Right. And and it's a certain age you need to be at where you start thinking, I need to do estate planning because mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's estate plan, planning. Yeah. I want to make sure everything in my estate goes to where I want it to go yeah. properly. And I remember reading a book uh, called "What Will Rockefeller Do," mm -hmm. and it, it shows the Rockefellers versus the Vanderbilts, right. and it shows how both of died and they left Rockefeller left his fortune to one of his children mm -hmm. left left 90% of his fortune to one of the kids mm -hmm. split the other 10 up the rest of them he said the key is never separate the money Yeah. so if you want to go to school you can borrow money from the trust go to school number one you got to put your life insurance inside of the trust yeah I mean, inside of the, um, yes, trust. You put your life insurance inside of the trust and you pay it back. So if you don't pay it back, however, when you die, the trust gets your life insurance and it's paid back. Right? Wow. And Vanderbilt did the same thing, but what happened was his son ended up dying three years later. He never got it organized. Wow. So all of their wealth left within three generations. How You know, in Anderson Cooper's part of that lineage. Yeah. You know, he's built himself up to where he is, but we have to think wealthy in order to be wealthy, mm -hmm. right? You're never going to be something that you don't even foresee yourself being. Right. We're having, we're sitting here having this podcast because somebody thought about lights, somebody thought about yeah. mics in their mind and brought it into fruition. Somebody thought about iPads mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff happened because somebody had it in their minds out first right. 
So it's the same way with life. In order to create the life that we want to see manifested, we got to visualize it and see it first. Right. And so we got to see uh, where we want everything to be in the end and start positioning ourselves now mm -hmm. to have that in place. Yeah, um, I heard Kevin Hart talk about that on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, he talked about the table, the leg on the table. Absolutely. Somebody made that Absolutely. because somebody thought that you, you can't have a table won't set up without a leg. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it gets a little deep. Mm -hmm. but yeah. I, I, and people don't want to scrape the ground they want to stay above the ground and feel like I, I can do and learn everything up here yeah. you got to really scrape the ground absolutely and that's what I said that the purpose of this podcast is to kind of you know get into it so that people can understand the next level of it because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know you know I started a business and it, it, I learned a lot of stuff but then I learned a lot more as I went you know, so you keep learning as you go. You can never get enough knowledge about what you're doing. It just starts when you get out of school, right? Right. It starts, like the learning starts when you get out of school. Right, because you don't, none of this is taught. None of it. <laughs> Unless you go get an MBA. Right. And, but you don't have to. You don't have to spend $100,000 to get that degree when you can just YouTube University. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything so let's see how do you balance short-term and long-term financial goals for your clients hmm. i'm it's with the short term right when we think it's short term we're thinking now right so what do i need now you can only base that off of current revenue right mm -hmm. how much am i making now right to get what i need today when we're talking long, long term, now we're going to look at growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. What what things can we do now that is with, like, I heard you say earlier you had seven different uh, income streams. Mm -hmm. What things can I do to diversify, diversify my income stream, but still keep it within what I'm doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to go far outside. I too far away from what I'm doing as far as long-term uh, projections and long-term uh, possibilities or opportunities that can make me more money. And so I want to keep my clients realistic on where we, where they want to go, right? right? So that's the first thing. What's your goal? Where you want to be? And so how do we get from here to there, mm -hmm. right? And so we're going to look at what growth opportunities are within what they're already doing, how can we expand and, and plan for that. Okay. So how do you see the commercial lending industry evolving in the next few years? It grew by a thousand percent in 2008 when the market crashed. 2008 crashed. when yeah. the market crashed? Yeah. Because the commercial lending industry is outside of normal banking. Mm-hmm. So you took people who got that money and they started loaning it to people who doing real estate. They started loaning it to businesses because right. the banks weren't doing We We are here, basically our industry was created off the bank saying no. Yeah. The bank is going to say no to 90% of the lending requests. And that's, that is the truth. Yeah. I've been banking with Bank of America for I see my daughter is 25 years old so it's 25 years mm -hmm. and I have excellent credit but that's one bank that will not give me a loan absolutely <laughs> it's the same thing uh, 
Um, I had another client, you know him, and he had an 800 credit score. Mm -hmm. and was trying to get money from his bank and they wouldn't give it to him. Come to me, a week later he had the money. See, that's crazy. <laughs> but but that's because the bank said, and even if you got money in the bank, yeah, you know what I mean. They still don't want to give you the money. Right? They don't want to give you. They money. don't. Want, they want. They want you to have a proven track record. Yeah. Our industry says, come over here, let us help you get the proven track record. Yeah. So so you work with people to get where they need to be. Absolutely. Because the bank ain't gonna do that. No. They just gonna blatantly tell you no, and you Absolutely. gotta go do all the work yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So a lot of times, that's why we charge the $500 consulting fee up front. And that money, once you get the loan, then that money's into what you have to pay me anyway off the loan. So it's basically, you pay me $500 up front. That way, if I get you the funding that you want, right. you can't come back and say, nah, I'll take it back, I don't need it now. Because yeah. we had a guy need $100,000. Mm -hmm. Got him the money that he needed. And then he said, well, the uh, software that we were trying to purchase, the guy said, no, what does that have to do with You want to get the money back? <laughs> you know, no, he didn't even want to take it because now you got to sign and say, yeah. but he was negotiating with the country, the company in Europe and it didn't work out. So now I didn't work hard to get you the money you need. Right. And you turn around and say, I don't need it. And so you think about it, like $500 still ain't worth the amount of time that I'm putting in to get you the yeah. money you need. Yeah, that kind of money anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're going to get that money back, right? So if if I get you the $100,000 mm -hmm. and I'm going to make X number of dollars off of it, it's going to subtract that $500 from, from that. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. But it's to ensure that people that I get money for uh, take the money. Okay. You know. Like so, we're not gonna waste each other's time. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's simple though. Actually, like for me, it's it's I want to help entrepreneurs right grow, start, and sustain their business. Yeah, it's simple. So, do you do follow up with people? Absolutely. Like I um, we're actually starting a coaching because that's the key, man. Like. We all need coaching. Yes. Michael Jordan need coaching. Yes. Um, Kobe Bryant, my favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter too. And all like in her room, just Lakers everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so for me, like, I want to see us be successful. And in order to do that, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Like, you got to be constantly looking at uh, making sure you're clear on where you're going. Mm -hmm. right? that's, that's one of the things. Work. My mantra is, Make your plan, plan your work, work your plan. Right. Make your plan to say your goal. Plan your work is, these are the steps that it's going to take to get from where I am to where I want to be. Okay. And working your plan is every day I'm doing something to move the goal forward. Yeah. And and if you look at it, if I do that 365 days a year, I'm 36% better. Yeah. And I do that again, I'm 36% better. I do that again, and I keep stacking those years on top of each other. And and that, but that's the clarity is, this is where I am. Mm -hmm. This is where I want to be, and these are the obstacles. Right. These are the threats. Yeah. These things can stop me from getting there, and and keeping my eye on that, keeping my eye on my finances, keeping my eye on my marketing, 
right? Because if I get one good deal, I can't drop the ball on my marketing because right. I need deals constantly coming. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't drop the ball on my financing. Just give it to my CPA and let him handle it, right? Sustainability, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I give it to him and, oh, but this CPA over here taking all your money. You don't know it because you, you're not constantly, you. you know what I mean? I call it Financial Fridays. On Friday, I'm going to look at where I'm at yeah. and make sure that all my shit is in order and and just keep moving. Right? I, I do that with my home finances and, and I tell people, people that say I'm struggling, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, I don't know how... I don't care how much money I have. I can have enough money to cover my bills for three months. Mm -hmm. I have a composition book. Absolutely. Every month, I know what's going out and I know what's coming in. Yeah. And I try to like shave something every month. Like gotcha. if there's a subscription, oh, I've been having this three months and I ain't even use it. Let me cancel it. That's it. You know, yeah. that's how you you get better managing money. Absolutely. That's how you have more money absolutely you know because people tend to make more money and spend more money yeah <laughs> i make more money yeah. and spend less that's yeah. my goal <laughs> but, but that's success but when you start that at home and then you want to start a business that's you know what i'm saying that will help you absolutely. in the business because yeah. that overhead how can i shave my overhead absolutely. as you move forward and make more money so i um i'm definitely an advocate for shaving more money but I'm also, um, my wife will tell you this, like for me, the first thing that I'm going to say is you don't have a saving more money problem, you have an income problem. Because mm -hmm. if I make enough money, then I'm not, those small things are going to be up to my CPA to make sure that they're doing. Right. Because if I, I got to put all my attention on what I want to see manifested. Right. I wanna I wanna wake up every day and you gotta have a goal to make um a million dollars. Is it a million dollars? I think it's two hundred and seventy four dollars a okay. day. Yeah, that's what it is. So <laughs> if I wake up with that goal in mind, mm -hmm. right, that's all I can put my attention on. Yeah. But like you said, every every first of the month I'm gonna do my break even. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna know where I'm at. And where I'm going, I got a spreadsheet that's money, and they put like even where I can put given to to charities. Right. What you know, all that's this. Why I got everything. I budget yeah. for eating out. Okay, we gonna eat out every Thursday. You go. On the average, we're gonna spend this. So that's for it. the month, this is what I got. That's but that goes back to what I was telling you about the recycling the money. Absolutely. So with the with the different streams of income. Okay, what I'm making, like say if I, I spend my credit card to pay my bills and I'm getting the cash back, I use this cash back. Okay, this is our eating out money. Absolutely. This is our traveling money. This You know, yeah, yeah. You, you have to put everything in place Sweet. and that's how you know you put all your eggs in one basket. Sweet. Your basket turned over, you're done. Hey, you know what I mean? You see all that information she just gave y'all <laughs> in two minutes? You need to listen. That's why he gave us two ears and one mouth to listen. But, but yeah. it's been a pleasure. I think that was the last question, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a pleasure. Um, Just tell them where they can find you. What's the name of your company? I'm going to put everything in there. There will be links in the bio. But. Uh, Zone Group, Zone Financial. Uh, what's Instagram? I think yeah. that's Zone Group. Um, Facebook. Got my Facebook as me, and I got a Facebook page, uh, the Zone Financial Group. Uh, YouTube, yeah, Zone Financial. Okay. Uh, so it's 
And we'll put all the links out there so you guys can check him out. Meet your whitehead, our broker. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to the Hype One Podcast. Peace.